Welcome to Critical Mass, where we look at earthly jams from a spiritual perspective. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. It just depends on what time you listen to this podcast. You're now tuned in to Critical Mass. Hey, what's up, people? How you doing? Is it 2023 already? Long time no hear from. Not really, but uh, this is going to be the first recorded episode of 2023. Of the Critical Mass podcast, where we look to uh, try to encourage people to listen to music with a, a, a better ear than we normally used to. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Maybe actually pay attention to the words that are being said. Uh, and maybe get something that you never know that you could get out of a song. Uh, today, we have a very interesting song to talk about uh, in a time when uh, everybody thinks the world is going crazy. And I have with me uh, two of the usual suspects. Once again, I am E. Haley. And uh, would my two co-hosts like to go ahead and share who's with me today? Sure thing. This is the one and only Chelsea, a.k.a. Unconventional Shell, a.k.a. that one and only girl from the South Side. <laughs> hey, Southside. I rep that South Side. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's your boy Alex Wolf, uh, a.k.a. the podcast extraordinaire. Um, it's a pleasure to be back. I haven't seen y'all in a year or so now. It's been a minute. I, I, I ain't seen y'all at the, at the. I ain't seen y'all at the critical mass tape. There we go. Mm, <laughs> that part. We we've been zooming and now yeah. we like uh, live in studio. That's, That's what makes zoom a zoom a zoom a zoom a zoom. It's been a zoom, hot zoom, minute because all we used to want to do was a zoom zoom zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that song, over there. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> oh, man. oh man but uh yeah man so the song that we are talking about today is uh a song by a very popular group what are you might have heard of them before <laughs> called the bgs yeah. <laughs> not to be confused with the bubble guts wait, wait a second <laughs> of course you will say that and of course now you're thinking like oh oh well what is it is it this song? Is it that song? Mm. You know, are we getting into the disco land? Listen, the, the, they say the kings of disco. <laughs> but uh, we're talking about a song called "Too Much Heaven" by the Bee Gees. And uh, man, let's get into it and see what we are gonna say. Too high as a mountain and harder to climb. 
Too much heaven by the Bee Gees. I know you heard it on your favorite stereo just now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure if you never heard the song before, you probably are remembering what you were doing at the moment that that song was being played. You're like, yeah, those black guys sang it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's always interesting to hear um, when you hear a song and you don't know who it is. Um, and then trying to imagine who it is that sang the song. Because there are many different historical references yeah. where people put out a song, but they didn't put out a picture. That part. <laughs> like Bobby and, Caldwell. And they let folks, you know, <laughs> decide that they like the song regardless of who the people. And I'm sure, you know, there's nothing 
anti-black about that decision <laughs> Not that, that has ever been made before. Um, and it's also, uh, what, what's the guy that everybody thought was black? Bobby Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you have that kind of situation where it goes in reverse, and it's kind of like what we dealing with right now. Yeah, when that video came out, I was like, what? They're like, no way. Nah. Man, and you know what's crazy? Um, there's actually a, a story on their travels is that when they first started hitting a disco lane, they put out the first song didn't tell nobody who it was. Oh, wow. Mm. So when they would show up, it was like crickets, like no, 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 no. Because okay, so, okay, let's let's uh let's rewind let's, back. Let's, let's rewind back. Okay. Um, first of all, do y'all remember the first time y'all heard the BGs? Uh, this particular song, maybe this particular song today. <laughs> first time? Yeah, I'm, I'm used uh, when to I, the when other I sent it to y'all. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I'm used okay. to the other popular songs, more up tempo. The high, high stand live song. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was All like, right. I know those voices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You probably was like, wait a second. I know who this is. Mm -hmm. Same. I think the, I first heard Stand Alive, and then I heard this one after some years ago, though. But I remember this one, though. Yeah. And the same thing. I didn't think they, I didn't tie the two together with the pigmentation and all that. It's like, there's no way. I was like eight or nine when I heard it, and just automatically think. They got Aww. too much soul to be Caucasian, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I cannot pinpoint where I first heard this song, but it probably had something to do with MTV when I was a younger kid. Oh, BET? No, because, you know, <laughs> I, now there are probably some shows on BET that would play this song, but all of my, like, 80-ish music oh, yeah, it was MTV and stuff that was played... That was made before the 80s, but I probably got a lot of... Well, first of all, the older stuff I got through with my parents. Of Party course. time, they playing the records. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a time when I thought I was DJing the records as a baby, and I made the scratching sound on the floor with the records. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had did them with all the records that my dad had at the oh, time. That would get you a beat. And okay. I didn't get whooped, but he was not wow. happy. Luckily. But he would play a lot of these that records when they would have friends over. But, of course... The, when, I, when, when the 80s was coming around and in the mm -hmm. early, you know, late 70s, early 80s, we had cable. And really, it wasn't too much that I could watch as a kid on cable. But MTV was one of those things that they would let. And so I got a lot Ooh. of exposure to, like, I don't even know who these people are, but I know this, this song jamming. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and as a kid, I'm, I'm multitasking, but I'm, I'm jamming to these songs at the same time. So right. I want to say it was during that era where... Um, you know, I was just uh, vibing to different songs, you know, uh, like Duran Duran and oh, okay. uh, The Doors, uh, lo lots of different groups that was coming out. And I was, I was like uh, tapping into what I call my uh, inner Caucasian boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, you know, Prince was jumping on that. And I was starting to say, oh, look, they're letting more and more people of color up in there. Up you know. But... Um, yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure my first experience with them was then. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, the Bee Gees, when they were hitting the stride that was actually b a little bit before when this album came out, they had been doing music <laughs> for, since the Beatles was popping. And that was like the early 60s? Mm -hmm. 60s? Oh. Yeah, they, they had been making music since the Beatles was popping. So they were actually um, discovered... And they were uh, groomed to be a Beatle-type group. 
And there's no way you can really come behind the Beatles, though. No, but that's the hard part. About you can that. mimic. Yeah. <laughs> you can mimic a lot of things, though. But yeah, so they were kind of like a Beatle type group, mm. and um, they try to differentiate that differentiate themselves by making certain types of songs that, um, like doing. They, actually, they did a lot of ballads that a lot of people was really feeling mm -hmm. and they were doing songs that had a little bit more emotional attachments in the lyrics and yeah certain certain folks like them they still just didn't hit though they had a factor. oh well you know first of all as far as being uh popular they were popular but they weren't beatles popular uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but they were um popular enough that when they went to uh i want to say london the fans almost demolished the car that they were in. <laughs> Something about those international fans is different. Aggressive. They're aggressive. Yeah, like, still we, to this day they're aggressive. Oh yeah, we we love music, but they like love love music. Like, like like we scream for Michael Jackson, they passed out. <laughs> Michael's royalty over there. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, ah, they, they they just like it a little different. It's, it's yeah, just, it's like okay, but I think they're more free in it compared to us because I think it's more of a privilege hmm. here compared to over there. Mm. Right, right, right. So this song, though, it comes out in 1978. Okay. And uh, I think... So kind of in the disco like era. This was toward yeah, the tail end of... Okay. When people throwing out their disc and everything. Right, right, right. Wow. So it's funny because they did not sound, they did not sound like this. Back in the day, but but one what most people would say is that the BGs had a certain voice that was unique to them. And the other thing they were saying is that because they're brothers, they sync a certain type of way. Yeah, that, that is different. very unique. Like even the Beatles being what they were, they couldn't do what these boys were doing. Right. Because they had a kind of a unique sound. I, I kind of think of it like like Shaka Khan. Mm. Nobody okay. does Shaka Khan. <laughs> so, so rewind real quick. Were the Beatles like young kids when they started, or they started? No, nah, the Beatles was popping. They How were. Old were they they when were they like teenagers them. or early twenties. Um, I'm not sure when the Beatles popped off, but when the uh, Bee Gees got signed to their initial deal, one the guy that was actually running, that was actually producing or in charge of the Beatles was one of the people who ends up picking them up. Mm -hmm. And he and he was like, hey, I found the new Beatles, mm. is what his his thought was. And so he takes them, and because they were able to write a lot of their own songs, they kind of used that to put out different types of songs in the Beatles, but their sound was crafted to be like the Beatles. Like, they spent probably a good decade or so being forced to sound. Wow. In the in the same lane as the beat as the Beatles, hmm. but at the same time they were also as musicians. I mean, y'all know how musicians are. Yeah, creative course. people. They start filling their own path. They their like, lane. Yeah. Hey, I, I like this. Went, I like what's going on over here. Yeah. I need to look into that. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, that's always trailblazers, and you want to you know get to that level of fame. But again, it's like I don't want to be like them, but I want to be like them. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's kind of like what it was. It's like, okay, we're kind of being forced to be like them, but we're going to do things a little differently mm -hmm. so that we can kind of differentiate ourselves from them. 
And of course they did that, but it, you know, but they were starting to look into the soul music, the the uh, Faceros, mm -hmm. the Delphonics and some of the groups like that. And they were like, you know, we kind of like that. And so what happens is when they fall off, they move to America to get into the uh, groove of more soul, mm -hmm. uh, getting into with the producer that actually uh, produced Aretha Franklin at one time. And um, so he was like, y'all sound good, but how about this? It, well, it wasn't like, hmm. so they, it was more like, hey, we like what you do. Okay. And we like that style of music and we want to get, like they literally moved to America to immerse themselves in the music of America hmm. because they wanted to, uh, I don't, the, the exact words weren't that I read or that I listened to was, it wasn't like, hey, we're going to go sound like Americans, but they wanted mm -hmm. to get the American ear. They Everything they did was to gain notoriety in America to get the popularity to be stars right. and everything. And, they, and, of course, they had the international stuff, but they were always targeting the U.S. Yeah. Because that's the status quo thing for singers. Yeah, usually that's what it is. Which is why, you know, you, you see the guy and they're just like, look at how I sing. And then they're like, thank you guys very much. Uh, you know, I'm... We appreciate you Americans, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. So my question Ooh. is, had they always sounded like, you know, the falsetto type in no. the beginning? No, Ooh. no, no. They they had the high pitch, though. Oh, okay. They were very high pitch. They were very boyish sounding, but um, not the disco voices that we hear. The uh, That falsetto was actually learned later on. Oh. And the guy, he perfected it. He took his voice and made the adjustments. And then we get what we're used to now, staying alive and mm. disco fever okay. and uh, oh, not disco did, fever, did. but those songs that were actually, um, what was the movie? Uh, Saturday Night? It was, yes. Yeah, uh, Studio 57? No, no, no. It was Saturday Night. Saturday Night Fever. Saturday, Saturday Night. Yeah, with John Travolta. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, when they were making those songs, <laughs> they had, that's what they were going for that sound. Mm -hmm. but, okay. it, it, but it's kind of like their music just kind of, rode the disco wave you know but i have to say a lot of you know people were also trying to mimic that you know motown sound back then too so because that's what was popping back that then. was popping so, would, would we consider the disco sound to be the motown sound <laughs> i mean i would say when it comes to i mean yes they wanted more pop to me it's more of a popish motown anyways to me well, you know, disco was very underground at first. Yes, yes, and indeed, the yeah. Bee Gees basically put it in the mainstream. Um, a lot, lot, at least a lot of people, they uh, they blame them for that mm. because they, and they and they also say that when they popularized it, it killed disco because it went out of its core group mm -hmm. into uh, what I guess what would be considered pop and. I guess they consider that the death of it, which is funny. It's interesting because hip hop comes out of the disco scene. Yeah. But disco, like when they got into it, it was a black, Spanish, um, even also considered LBGT music. What? That's right. Because we're coming out. Because it was like out. around, what was it? I know it was in the East Coast, right? But that's how it was, kind of like with Elvis, where his songs were, they basically called it N-word music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they had already, it had already had a stigma, but the Bee Gees was like, 
y'all gonna like this anyway. <laughs> well, that's what ended up happening. You're gonna like it anyway. So, um, and then and all of a sudden, all the certain type of people start liking it. Mm-hmm. And then you know, then they're like, "Oh, well, who else does this?" Oh, and so now it's like they're they're liking everything. That's disco, but disco was looked at as a negative. It was a negative connotation until they came and kind of like took the negativity away from it. Mm, interesting. Speaking of Elvis, that movie opened a lot of eyes as to who he was and how his sound came about. Like he, they said, he was stealing from black people, but he wasn't. He was also mm-hmm. influenced. Like he grew up in like the uh, trailer parks, kinda, and so he got to listen to a lot of, a lot of soul R and B people, pretty much. And that's why he got a sound <laughs> from his dance moves. You, you know, it's but, funny because I mean, we're we're uh, just coming out, <laughs> coming out to tell in a black history at this recording, and what music did not come from us. This is I true. mean, let's just be real. So basically, it all just been rooted. It's funny because the, it's like all the stuff that is popularized as, like I was, you know, my my whole joke about MTV tapping into mm-hmm. my inner Caucasian, but really, they were borrowing from us. Because the sad the whole part time. Because the sad part about us is we can get to where they were going to get to. There's a lot of some artists we're never going to see that spotlight they going to see. Mm-hmm. So that's how they got out. Because to them, black music, as far as people visually, mm-hmm. didn't sell. No. It was all about the money. And then, of course, it's still a connotation of, you mm-hmm. know, just the word black itself. And that's mm-hmm. why they try to flip it, especially when it came to, especially the female singers, switching it to white women singing mm-hmm. and then switching it to... Um, other artists, just like you know Chuck Berry, for instance, with Elvis. <laughs> oh my gosh! So. You know it, it's it's so crazy because I have to kind of disagree. Okay. With the part of your statement about black music doesn't sell, the, the problem is black people. That's that's there what I mean. Go. The visual, yeah, the visual, exactly. That's, what, yeah. that's yeah. But when they took our pictures off of those songs, then it sells. Yeah, they exactly. Put them on radio. They was just like yes. And then some of those guys would come into the concerts or these different mm-hmm. venues for the first time, and they were like, oh, my God. They showed so- a video like Frankie Lyman doing a song one time, and they showed the crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were just all, like, speechless. Like, they couldn't believe it was the young black kids. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then eventually that turned into segregated crowds. Right. And then people was like, we're, why are we doing this stupid stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. We're not going to be sitting here segregated here. We're just going to be together. So Right. But, so, but the, so really the, the, the pushback has always been not the music, but us. But yeah, exactly, the visual. Yeah. And, and the idea that if you like this, you're going to start liking us, and we don't want them. We don't want our people to like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there's so much stuff like that going on. But, but of course, you know, you're talking about all these, quote, unquote, certain types of artists. They're hearing the black music, and they're like, "Well, I like this. Well, mm-hmm. who produced that? Bring them to the to the studio. Exactly. Oh, well, let's go. Hey, can you come produce for us? Like they they reached out because they liked the music, and they was not afraid to, um, you know, some of them even to the detriment of other people's ideas of them. They would just look. We're just gonna do this because mm-hmm. it sounds good. I mean, <laughs> you know, like you think about it. the Doobie Brothers. Oh man, they did not start oh, off sounding like that. <laughs> that's that's true. They were another. They came after the BGS, right? Um, yeah. Right before. Uh, I don't even. I don't. I don't know the exact date, so I'm not <laughs> even going to comment on that. But they were that. They God. once again they had certain influences at a certain time, you could tell. and they were in a point of transition. 
when they when they kind of started changing because if you listen to the their old stuff it's not the same oh wow um and it's uh was it michael mcdonald was one oh, of the ones Brothers, yeah. who he started changing the sound which yeah. not everybody in the group like that <laughs> like what you doing <laughs> yeah so you know but but it's just interesting that the um the racism rears its ugly head in the music uh, to where people start feeling a certain kind of way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because a certain kind of people are attached to it. So a lot of stuff gets whitewashed. And so even the, I say, hey, I don't listen to, I remember I used to stop, I stopped listening to white people music, mm. but I'm really listening to white people playing black people music. So technically, and, and, and their, their music have influence, right. <laughs> they're having influences and they're uh, yeah. kind of hybridizing it, but whatever. And of course, some people are, um, you, you get into that whole conversation of are they, because even when the Bee Gees were asked about some of their changes mm-hmm. in the sound, it was, they, they weren't like in, at least the way they the way they'd explain it, it's not like, hey, I was trying to sound black. I just like that sound. And that sound that we they thought it was live. Like, mm-hmm. look at all these people doing this falsetto. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna sing that. I'm gonna figure that out. You know, and like I said, they came to America to figure it out. Look, I literally was like, oh, snap, they're from Australia. <laughs> There's an accent and everything? If you listen to them, you can hear it. Like when you know what I'm saying? Talk, but yeah. I got to go back and check out the interviews. I've never seen the interviews on them, just the music. Right, because a lot of us just jam the music, right. we jam the videos, and all back we then, know, yeah, is, know you. Let me, let me go YouTube them real quick. It's obvious oh. they must talk the way they sing. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. But, but so, like, people in Australia know their history better than us. Yeah. Know them from kids coming up in the music industry um, mm-hmm. to eventually, you know, uh, tell, tailgating or telling the, uh, the um, I can't think of the name of the group now, now, but, you know, going through these transitions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so now they uh, eventually get to this thing where they like become the kings of disco. And then after all that is where we get to 
uh, toward the tail end, I think, or, you know, however long it takes for the tail end to disappear. Uh, Too Much Heaven, written in 1978, second track of the Bee Gees' 15th studio album. Hmm. Wow. That's 15. impressive. My goodness. Called Spirits Have Flown, which was released in 1979. So, That's a lot. My gosh. Yeah, they, they, were, they had a lot of skin in the game. And, and, and so it's, it's just, you're talking about 15 albums of them writing. Mm. So kind of the words to the song is what kind of brings it to the show because they, uh, the words to this, uh, to me, it's like a classic. The lyrics to me are classic. Like, you know, I, I feel like if someone just hadn't, if this song had never come out back then and someone took the lyrics uh, and meshed it with the sound of today and put it out, people would still resonate with the words because the words kind of transcend trends. And they've, they've, done, they've done some of that with some of the older music. Because mm-hmm. good music is supposed to do that anyway. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it say? Nobody gets too much heaven no more. It's much harder to come by. Uh, and it says, I'm waiting in line. Nobody gets too much love anymore. It's as high as a mountain but and harder to climb. Hmm. Uh, first of all, the, the song itself just jams. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it sounds like like this particular song almost sounds like wait did the Jackson Five sing this or or, or, or uh, you know or one of the other you know like youngster black kind of groups. Um, it sounds it, very familiar, so I'm pretty sure it's someone you know. But keep in mind that like some of these people that created these familiar songs was with them when they created this. Mm. You know, like they literally got coached and and were in the studio with the same type of people who were putting out the songs that we say, oh, why does this sound so much like so-and-so? Because <laughs> the guy that made that song is also in the studio making oh, the song with them. Oh, that makes sense. You know, it's, it's kind of like with uh, like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis where yeah. people are like, I want to sound like this person. They had their hands in love. Can you give me that Prince sound? Can you give me that so-and-so mm-hmm. sound? You know, even people like Michael Jackson was calling folks up like, I want a song that sounds like this person. Yeah. But for me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so the idea that, like, a lot of these songs are not, no one's, like, coming out with this. Well, I'm not saying nobody, but a lot of this stuff is just borrowed. All the, all the music Bar- is still borrowed. And, and remixed yeah, and redone. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I've been, and, but I'm not going to lie, lately it's just been like, oh, it's, it, it's like when they try to take something, the effort is like not much there anymore with the music now. It's like, oh, let's just sample the whole thing and just. <laughs> well, they don't have to try it anymore. Sing more, you know? The people don't demand it anymore, so you're right. Well, you know, the new thing now is the AI. <laughs> a lot of these people are low-key making songs with AI now. Mm. Uh, you know, I want a sound that sounds like uh, Nas if I ruled the world, you know, but with uh, Whitney Houston singing. Because this, this new Chris Brown song with uh, Chloe will not, they, uh, they sampled Usher, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. okay. I wasn't impressed, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I kept thinking about Usher's song. <laughs> Yeah, Usher was in there? No. Huh. It was just, you know. So did they just, the whole, just jack the whole melody from the, Usher? The whole thing. The music, oh. the the beginning to the end, and they just sung over it with their vocals. And I was like, oh, I just want to go sure. back to 8701 and listen to that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Usher <laughs> gave them the blessing 
with the check to come in the mail. Exactly. Oh, that, of course in you Las can Vegas use, residency, he's just getting of paid. Of course you can <laughs> use my song for a fee. <laughs> you know, but, but Usher uh, pretty much fathered a lot of these singers. So a pretty lot. sure it was like his stepson. Give him respect too. Stepson, you're borrowing some of his music. You know what I'm saying? So, it's crazy. But, uh, but yeah, you know... I mean, if you think about, like, when they make these songs, it's like they make a cover. Well, they make a, a, a basically like a, a, a test version of the song, like a basic version of the song mm-hmm. so that, you know, um, and I can't think of a technical term for it, but they, they, they make it and they give it to the person. Here, I want you to, the song I made for you. Mm-hmm. And then you're listening to it and it's like either they're singing the melodies and the hooks or they got somebody else to come sing the melodies and the hooks. And they're, and they're like, hey, what do you think about that? You know, and then they, from there, they either make adjustments based on whoever's making the big decisions. Uh, they might make adjustments to the tracks or make a completely different tracks, but they literally make a, a rough draft of these songs. So when you think about the AI thing now, the mm-hmm. AI can basically make a rough draft of any song you want. Mm. And they can just, you Technology. know. And so I think that's probably more of what we're getting into is with people are just really kind of just borrow this, take this, smash it together, mm-hmm. got a new hit. You know, as opposed to us where we would do a remix and we would take a piece of the song mm-hmm. and then we would add more, you know, more instrumentation to it. Exactly. And then make a song, but, oh, yeah, but you sampled so-and-so. <laughs> okay, cool. That part. Uh, which sampling also got a lot of people in trouble, too. Cause Give the people their credit. Get people paid them permission. But you have people like you pay, say if I took your song, mm-hmm. paid you for it, mm-hmm. but didn't consider that you got the real song, your song from Alex. From, from someone else. Right, and then Alex is like, oh, no. First of all, I can hear Alex uh, saying that. Where's like, my check? Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, they got 100K, oh, no. but oh, I, I need my 100K, too. Right, so or maybe I need 200K because I'm the originator originator. Because you know, I so, think that's what happened with Mariah Carey. Yeah, because Mariah Campbell sampled for someone from the 70s, but someone was trying to take something from the sample of what Mariah Carey did, one sample. Uh-huh. And I was like, And a lot what? of times, <laughs> and what's weird is that sometimes that's how the older people get alerted when everyone's trying to sample clear everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but you know, when you think about the Bee Gees song, you know, they have, like, they, you know, they, they toured with whole orchestras mm. before. So they, they probably had, like, a whole band um, they're writing their own lyrics. <laughs> uh, they are borrowing sounds, but they're making those sounds their own. You right. know, which mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of what we're missing these days. Uh, are people really making the songs no, their own? Making, you know, just get like a stick and just bang on a desk. No. That's the beat. <laughs> that's it. No Can't even cre- do it anymore. Nah, no creativity. Oh 
all that you took me to The place you took me through Just to lead back to you Church They don't teach you to say Church They don't tell you it can hurt That you're gonna pull me through All that you put me through Just to lead back to you Church They don't teach you that in church, no Church, no So here's the thing, when you think about the word or the phrase, too much heaven, what comes to mind? I let you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like a love song to me. Like he's making this for a girl that he fell in love with, and she doesn't feel him like that. But he, it's like that old school love. Mm. It's like a, there's not too much heaven anymore. That's like a feeling. So he's trying to bring that feeling back that, that's gone. And uh, he's like, girl, I get it to you and then some, you know. That's, that's what I'm trying to bring, and I bring heaven on earth. Uh, and they're just singing their hearts out and early keep sweating, if we will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I get from It's a really nice love ballad. I like it. But why, why do you think uh, Why do you think they use, like, like, if you just look at the hook, it says nobody gets too much heaven anymore. Like effort. Uh, like it's harder to come by, that's what you mm -hmm. say, right? So what? So you're saying that it feels like he's speaking of love when he says like not too much. From what I get. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What you, what you got? I'm the same because I just keep looking at the lyrics and it's just a beautiful interpretation of someone's, you know, it's like he said, emotions. Like this is the time when people really spoke about their emotions and men did not get played or get talked down <laughs> on talking about their emotions. So <laughs> you sound soft. You right. soft. You need toughen up. They weren't scared to. But I do appreciate that. That they're really like digging into what that feeling of love is. That love equates to a heaven-like feeling. Yeah, and I think uh, that idea has been mirrored in lots of lyrics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, even even more though, more so now it's more of a they equate the more sensual side of it to mm -hmm. heaven, kind of like the stairway to heaven, <laughs> <laughs> and and some uh, more crasser songs that they have used with uh, churchy overtones, you know, with the rappers and stuff. But mm -hmm. but yeah, it's this kind of the idea that like love is a, a a shadow or a foreshadow of heaven, mm. you know. Um, I feel like, and it should be in a sense, when it's in its purest form. Yeah, that's what true love should like. Like it's heaven on earth. Like I feel like you love me, and I love you, and it should be mutual. What oh yeah, good love should be. See, mm -hmm. I, I think I could probably blame stuff. blame them mm -hmm. as well as other singers for this idea that. Um, like like marriage has got to be the best place on earth, you know. Mm. Like like uh, just you know, it, it's funny because it's not quite the same conversation you hear now. Mm -mm, no, um, no, no. Well, first no, of all, no, no. some people are like no. he, like marriage. No, <laughs> I will not go. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's to the point where now it's like marriage is not like 
where it used to be in the day. It's not the goal anymore. It's not the goal anymore. Nah. People are satisfied with situationships. Or, yeah. oh, a new word I learned is a, a yeah, yeah. What? A yeah, yeah. yeah. My little yeah, yeah. My little yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> Wait, what? Who's That's it? a new thing now. Yeah, That's yeah. a new um, thing for a situationship. That's my little yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Should be a no-no. Wow. That's true, though. Oh, yeah. That's my little yeah, yeah right there. And oh, I equate that to a lot of hurt, hurt, uh, hurt folks running around here. They don't want to get into relationships anymore because they're hurt. So it's just easy to get into these situations and be like, it is what it is. So. What's understood don't have to be explained. We just we 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 feel each other, so this will work. Let's keep it working. Yeah. But I'm putting titles on stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And actually, too, some people are going towards the polyamorous mm, route. Yeah. They're like, look, I'm gonna get love from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh the, the a lot first easier, but it was. Yeah. Some other headaches. <laughs> Yeah, but I think, uh, but but think about what this lyric says, right? It says, uh, "You and me, girl, got a lot of love in store, and it flows through you, and it flows through me, and I love you so much more." Oh, yeah. this has to be in somebody's wedding a few times, okay? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, but it, I think think it's real cool that just the idea of the loving back and forth mm -hmm. aspect. And how that is supposed to increase the love in the couple. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that I could find a Bible verse for that one. Or something very close yeah, to I'm it. I'm pretty right? sure. Mm -hmm. But it's that idea. Like, it, it is kind of, for me, it's always this idea that people's ideology of love back in the day was a little bit more closer to what we consider mm -hmm. what the Bible says about love than it is right now. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, verse 2, he says, Then my life... I can see beyond forever everything everything we are will never die love is such a beautiful thing oh you make my world a summer day are you just a dream to fade away so it's, it's just that idea of finding a person being with a person that increases mm -hmm. <laughs> you know the the joy and happiness in life um you know but then of course he kind of throws in the little but is this gonna be forever? Cause I see it being forever. Till death do us part. But is it, you know, is, is this just a dream? Like, am I or am I seeing something that's not really there? <laughs> and I'm gonna wake up and be like, oh, it was such a great dream, you know? Like, do you feel the way about me too? Pretty much. But also in the chorus, in the chorus it says nobody gets too much love anymore. Right. So it's almost like, you know, that it's, super love that everybody talk about, where that at? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just shedding light to, like, you know, reality as far as, like, what I'm reaching for. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Uh, but, now, but now it does have the part that says uh, it's as high as a mountain and harder to climb, you know, which I think it kind of goes into the idea that, that relationships will work. Mm-hmm. People and even, and that. you know, and here's the other thing too. I think that the one of the issues that we have with love is that we box it into romance. Mm -hmm. You know, like outside of parents, which even nowadays, or even really the history of mankind, the parental children relationship has been strained in many different ways. But yeah, but 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 people are not foreign to the idea of loving their parents, right? People are not foreign to the idea of loving a spouse or loving someone 
who they feel romantically involved with, but we don't always love just, you know, we might love a sibling. We definitely love kids, but like my homeboy, we ain't gonna be, I love you, dog, and <laughs> hey, uh, no homo, I love you too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or, or like pause. Oh, that's, that's what, who was it? Um, I heard someone that, like, like on the East Coast, they always, if they say anything that appears to be a little bit too, um, a little too suspect. A little too feminine. They'll be like, pause. It's <laughs> not what I mean. I didn't mean. So you trying to you equate this to friendship too? Pretty much. I think that love hmm. and friendship should be reevaluated uh, based on how I feel like society pushes that on us. That huh. part. You know, like like I've heard people say, you know, like, oh well, you know, David in the Bible loved Jonathan. They were best friends. I bet you they was gay. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, or or you know, John said he was the one that Jesus loved. I've heard yeah. that story before. They tried to say they were gay. Yeah, there, there's people that they're trying like to brothers, say that man. that John and uh, John the Baptist and Jesus what? was low key. That's wild. Something. That's wild. But it's just the idea of. But it's a double standard because yeah, usually yeah. with women, when we get really close, as far as like calling ourselves sisters, mm -hmm. like oh yeah, that's women. That's what yeah, they do. Yeah. But right, men, don't do women that. can can walk down the street, hold hands, and it's not yeah. nothing is suspect in most people's eyes. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. we, can sleep, we can sleep. We can sleep. in the same bed. <laughs> we can so share. Now. We can share the same bed, uh -huh. and still be you know platonic. Yeah. There's nothing there. But with dudes sleeping, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bad. if y'all not cousins. And y'all not under 10? <laughs> they, like, nah, bro. This kind of main. I'll take the like, couch. I'll take the I'll floor. Take the flow. <laughs> oh, you sleep head to toe. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, or yeah. or side, we side. do the no, head no. to toe thing, right? No. <laughs> Better not breathe on my neck. No. Say, man, you a little too close, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't do that. I need to put a little pillow right here, man. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> need a barrier. Oh, man. Was it? Yeah, the What's pillow was above it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had to. You put the pillow there. Not moving. What was that movie? Was it Plane, Trains, or Automobiles? Or, or one of the movies where dudes, it was two of them, they, was, they, they had to share a bed. And then it's like they woke up in the morning and the dude was like, hey, is that your hand between my legs? Oh, man. And, and he was like, what? <laughs> you know, it, it was just, you know, but the, that was kind of the joke of it. But And then they would both jump up and they're just like, oh, no, 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 we're, no, no, we're good. We're good, man. <laughs> like, all right. But don't, yeah, but the idea nobody. that, you know, like if, if the brotherhood is too strong, they, yeah. they start trying to throw it into mm -hmm. a realm. But it's, it's kind of like the idea of how often do you talk about love with people who are not family and not romantically involved with you mm -hmm. and you know and and because because even if as a guy if a girl says they love me i'm over here like well what does she mean <laughs> mm -hmm. you know Wait, hold a minute does she mean this type of love or this what type kind of, love? of love like the last person that said that to me on the phone first of all i came out of left field it came from someone <laughs> that i was not i wasn't dating them wasn't in the process of trying to date them. We were just talking and going through, you know, they were going through their problems. And they just said it. And I was just like, uh, okay, bye. Oh, you didn't say it back. No, because I didn't. Because it was so. <laughs> now, mind you, young adult, what, like 21-ish, 22? Okay, okay. That, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
threw me completely off guard because I'm just like, huh, Makes sense. what? Makes sense. It's awkward stages. You know, and didn't know how to respond, you know, but... But so it was just it was just so out of the blue, right? But it's like we get caught we get caught up in the wrong idea when we think about love. You know, either either y'all y'all getting too close or are we trying to get too close or what are we doing right now? And it's like it's always a romantic thing tied into it. And it's like the idea of love being like heaven, mm. when we experience it with our friends, we have those same types of feelings too like man this is like being like i like being around these people because they're truly you know for me they're truly here to build me up they're truly here to put light in the situation and not drain me mm -hmm. right so um and so so in certain contexts sometimes we we understand what it means but we don't always kind of like socially accept it makes sense yeah that's true but you know and it, it depends on your circle because you can be in a circle who's just like you or a circle's like, you know what, you know, I got love for you. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it, and, it, it and but see, that's one way to t so that you can be like, like, I don't want to say I love you, but I say I got love for you. So that way I can use the word. <laughs> you were. So you well. understand that there's love involved, but it's not me trying to get with you. <laughs> And then also, I'm like, homie, oh, you lo you love me. Wait, what? Like, it, it depends on the setting as well. Because you can say to amongst friends, like, yeah, you know what? I love y'all, man. I love you, man. Is it how you say it? <laughs> how does she say it? I just want to know. You know what? And that's another thing, too. Not just what what people say, but mm -hmm. they'll change the inflection up to be like, it's platonic love. Now, they'd be like, hey, girl. <laughs> Then the music coming around, doom, 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 doom. You know I love you, babe. <laughs> you know, we kind of know where they're coming from, right? Yeah. It's like, man, you know I love you. Like, you know, it's the approach. To right, me. right, right. Yeah. I've, I've had friends and even got friends say, you know I love you, girl. Like, okay, cool. And then it's like, man, I love you. Like, okay, maybe we need to talk further about what you're saying right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And did you have a couple of drinks before we even talked? Like, let's just, let's just talk this out. See what you mean. <laughs> right, right, right. Be up there like, uh, you and me, girl. <laughs> now, we you got come a off. highway to the sky. <laughs> now, if you want to come off like, you know what, too? <laughs> Also, it could be similar to like Lil John and Lovers and Friends. You know? Oh, wait, wait. Let's, okay, since you brought that up, what are you trying to say? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. That's like a little the, different, Josie. That's a little different. I mean, I'm just saying the way you say it. I'm no, just saying. No, 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 no. I think that, that song was contextually songs, was, yeah, like, was yeah, like, like, can I just have the benefits? Yeah. Without which, the commitment. You really can't. You really can't. Yeah, we're talking about this type of love. That's all I'm saying. Maybe one That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Somebody don't catch feelings. <laughs> you know, but that's a whole nother concept, the whole idea of the lover friend, which is two aspects of love that you right. actually Sounds good don't really want to actually go all the way in the love yeah. section. You just want to, I just want to pretend we're already there so we can do things that are in that space, but... Mm -hmm. When I don't want to go there, I also want you to be okay with it. 
It's yeah. a two for one, not special. <laughs> That's what call it. It works until it doesn't. <laughs> right. It, does. it, it works until it doesn't. And I, I I remember seeing people that's like, oh, we have an understanding. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you thought you had an understanding, you know. But uh, but yeah, man. So go ahead and uh, explain to us, Alex, another time that you've heard this song being sung by a different group. I think you had oh, mentioned man. to me earlier. The year was ninety eight or ninety nine. Mm. So you've heard of the Winers Brothers. Yeah. But they had oh. sons. Five of them. Right. And then the other crazy part about that, they all the named the sons juniors. Look, so Marvin Winning, uh Wayne Winans, all of them they're juniors. Mm. And so they had the good idea to come up with a group called Winans Phase Two. So like we're in a re rendition of Winans and we're gonna come up with a hip hop sound. But that's that's a long title. Yeah, Winans, Winans Phase, Phase Two. two. And so they did some of their dad's songs, and then they, they remixed this, this song. And I was like, man, I've heard this before. And so they sung like it was too much heaven, but they added heaven in there, like actual heaven as a place. And they spoke mm. about it, the love that God has and then how we should we, we can reenact that. But that's what I heard at 99. And they were like teens at the time, but it was that whole CD was still ahead of its time. So why not space, too, if you got a chance to check it out. It's on Apple Music. Uh, it's five of them. I'm mad they only put out one CD, but... That whole CD was fire. Is it the same title? Yes. Yes. Same exactly title. Exactly. Same title. Oh, okay. Same kind. Of, they they try to the falsettos right. and everything. Right. They they try they to hit, uh, yeah. they try to hit the same notes. Because the bo- the brothers can sing, so they, they were, can. Uh, they were on cue. I need to check that out. Yeah. They put their own twist to it. Oh yeah.
So here's the thing. Uh, in today's time, is heaven hard to come by? Hmm. Or is it like, you know, the heaven is in such abundance, you're like, stop, stop, Lord, too much. Slow it down. I can only take so much heaven. How, how do y'all feel about the way the, the world is right now? From a personal standpoint or from a general standpoint? Uh, from both, really. Or whichever one you want to throw out and share. Like, like, do you look at your life? Do you see a lot of heaven? Or is it something that you really have to pay, pay attention to in order to see it? Or, you know, how, how, is that, how is that working for you right now? When I take away worldly distractions, I can definitely see it. Mm-hmm. I can see it through um, my walk. I can see it through my career choices. But when you add things like, you know, like family, like for me, for instance, like I have family issues. Yeah. But when you take away like, you know what? At least I have family that care and love me. And that is a blessing because some people are living in this earth by themselves. And mm -hmm. that is hard. So it really depends on um, how you look at it from your personal standpoint. And I think for me, for instance, I, I can see it once I take away the distractions. That's mm -hmm. tough. Uh, for me, man, I think this world will be a better place. We can get back to a place. Uh, we can get back to simpler times if we treated people like like this first lyric that sticks out to me. No much, nobody gets too much heaven anymore. Like when I, I relate that to people, just want to be loved again. Mm -hmm. And so you just came back, just loving people the way Christ loved us. Yeah, that's good. Um, situation will turn out better for us. Because right now, uh, a hot topic button is they want to take away genders or just be who they want to be. But I think some of those people are still just searching for love. I mean, and so we just got back to just loving them for who they're, they're struggling. Because I feel like, of course, they want to take away the gender. For, just for me, my opinion is there's still something behind there. They didn't feel like they were good enough to where they were. So they want to take away all that hmm. to get to somewhere else because they weren't loved. Hmm. But if they had some genuine relationships that loved them like they were supposed to be loved, I think they would never got to that place where, they're, where they're, I don't want to be anything anymore. So we got back to loving people like heaven. We're supposed to do in heaven. It'd be a whole different situation. That's good, Alex. Yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> yes. Likes it. I likes it. You know, uh, the good book, right? Yeah, yeah. This, this guy named Paul was writing to his. Oh, I know his, about uh, him. What's up? One of his uh, main students named Timothy, and he was like, "Man, you know, people will be lovers of self, lovers yeah. of money, proud, arrogant, We're just caught up in ourselves, abusive." Sometimes. Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, mm -hmm. unappeasable, can't even please them jokers, mm -hmm. slanderous, without self-control, brutal, uh, brutal, uh, not loving well, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Uh, even people having the appearance of being good and godly folks but denying what that really looks like mm -hmm. and what that really is. He's like, avoid them, avoid them. You know what I'm saying? But like you were saying, man, sometimes you can't avoid them because they family. <laughs> <laughs> I can't change them people. Bless them. I love them. You know, and, and family does come with its own problems. Um, but I think like you were saying, uh, Shelby, that when we really take a step back, 
and reevaluate what we're looking at. Sometimes, like you say, in throwing certain distractions out the way, it does make it easier to deal um, with the people who are make it a little bit tougher to love them. That part. You know, um, mm -hmm. I can think of a time when I was like ready to, to run away. Like, I'm finna go to another city. Got a homeboy over here. I'm finna go over there with him. You get away from all this. There's too much drama right now. Dealing with you people, you people, my family. <laughs> and, I eat my family. <laughs> but, you know, in recent years, you know, first of all, I kind of got out of that space. Mm -hmm. um, because it wasn't like, oh, it's your fault. It was, it was stuff going on with me that I had to deal with, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but then, you know, with the COVID situation, it's like learning to appreciate what you do have and learning, like, how do I take this thing that I don't like how it's going and and transform it to something that's a little bit uh, better or maybe a lot bit better or, or, or maybe making sure that I'm looking at it properly <laughs> so that the things that I'm not upset at are, are not because of things that actually were fine and I'm just mad at them because I didn't like it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and just learning to love people better because sometimes it's the, in the difficulty, in the, give, in the difficulty is where you actually learn to throw the heaven in. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? On this planet, we, you know, heaven is not the heaven that we're promised. But in the darkness, you get to put the light in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the difficulty, you get to bring, you know, like like in the wintertime, you get to bring the sunny day. <laughs> so you get to be somebody's sunny day when it's cold for them. So, But it doesn't take away the presence of the cold. It's, it is the love that you, that you uh, inject into the situation that changes the atmosphere. And it's kind of like the idea of people saying that Christians should be uh, thermometers as opposed to therm uh should be a thermostat as opposed to a, to thermometer. a thermometer. Yeah, yeah, we said the temperature of the room pretty much. Yeah, so so like stuff gonna be jacked up. But mm -hmm. how do you add the light to it? How you add the salt to it? How right. do you add the flavor to it? Um the kind of flavor that God puts into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and not your own personal Cajun seasoning. Right. Cause you know, when you look at the scriptures that say, oh man. Let me tell you how these people gonna be acting a fool. You be forgetting that you one of them people acting a fool. <laughs> right along with the the naysayers and the, these people <laughs> and the, that people and this, like, and then you be like, yeah, yeah, pointing the finger and not realizing that you wagging your finger at people that's doing what you do, you know. And um, I think it's interesting that back in 1979. <laughs> They were noticing that love, or at least the the way we perceive love, to be very hard to come by. Right. Specifically, they were speaking of it into in relationships, and and we really even today we <laughs> we still ain't no better, you know. There's there no are, there's no crazy like for sure like two three seven keys, as people try to. They're like, so what's the key to the, like? Loving someone and unconditional love and this, this, and this. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's tough because unconditional love, that's that's tough. But it but it just comes from a space of I understand what love is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to give it to you regardless of you. Mm. You know, um, some people take that in the wrong direction with, 
these abusive relationships and stuff like that. I mean, love them from a distance, I say. But, um, but yeah, it, it can get, I mean, because I'm tired of seeing people who are supposed to be in a loving relationship, it goes sour and now like one, two, five, ten people are dead because you upset about your relationship with this other person. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, like, killed, like, the daughter. <laughs> Daughter's friend. Oh, yeah. That was sad. And, like, I almost got the other kids. The the uh, the ex-boyfriend? Yeah, the ex. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, what's really happening? So, you know, it's, it's crazy. But I think it's just the idea that, um, you know, if we don't understand what love looks like, and these days, we don't even understand what anything looks like. It's 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 uh, what they call post-truth. So a lot mm-hmm. of people think that there is no truth and everything is relative. Mm. So I think that's why you're seeing a lot of stuff with the gender situation, um, which is interesting because it's like I, I, I shun a gender, but I have some stipulations on what you are going to call me. Mm. Like I have stipulations on what I am. It just not your stipulations. Would say truth is almost subjective now. I wouldn't say relative subjective. Um, yeah, but but relative is more like you don't have a concrete foundation of what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, subjective, you could use in, in, in the, what you were saying. Um, it's but it's the idea that there is no concrete truth, and I think that goes back to what God was saying about your foundation. Mm. You build a foundation on a rock. Or you build it on sand. On sand. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying that's what they want to make the truth now. It's just as opposed to how I feel, it's like a man, a woman that can be suggestive, subjective, it's not concrete anymore. Like what a man is, what a woman is. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> Which, I just, you know, yeah, anyway. it's it's to me, it's like it's funny. Like it's, it's almost a way of saying it. And I know people are struggling. That's another thing. People are just struggling with identity and period. And that's why I go back to just the love thing. Because if you go deep down, deep rooted, find out what really happened to them as kids or teenagers. True, they're, they're, and that's you, that's you that's go down my the thing. Rabbit hole. Yeah, I, I think that like what led when, you here? That or something that's very very traumatic. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you, it's you not get usually away from. with childhood. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and that's the thing. It's it's no two people can have the same traumatic experience, and it turns into a different thing for them. Of right? course. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you're dealing with folks, whether it be the uh, Whatever they believe in, you really like there. Ha- there's a certain level of love where you have to at least try to understand what they're yeah. dealing with and understand where it's coming from, and, and so at least that if nothing else, you can show them compassion yeah. for what they're dealing with and and, they still need and, and still acknowledge them as a person, mm-hmm. whether you think that their ideas are off the right. wall or not. You still got to be able to acknowledge them as a person, exactly. and I think in these days, where even if you're going beyond relationships. It's really hard for us to show each other heaven mm-hmm. in this world the way that we're being. I feel like we're really being divided by certain influences, and so it's like it's, you know, like if if you don't vote for the right person, I hate that's, you. And that's where it started. First, it was politics, and then um, when it comes to what is it um, that abortion thing. Oh Even yeah, it's, that. It's, it's like, it's, but it's, it's ideology, and it's, ideology exactly. And it's the idea that I'm more concerned with me being righter than you. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's the thing. Like I I feel like there is a concrete rightness and a concrete truth, but 
the concrete truth doesn't turn you into a tyrant mm. if you really are grounded in what the truth is. You don't turn into a tyrant. And I, I feel like a lot of people are touting what they either, it could actually be the truth, it could be related to the truth, or it could be a complete lie, but they're touting it from moral superiority and they're turning into tyrants and saying, oh, because I'm deemed moral, superior, morally superior, then mm -hmm. I get to treat you like trash. Mm. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of that. And that is just like so backwards. That's fair. You know, so we're living in a world where I feel like we don't see a lot of heaven. I don't see it. And uh, the thing that uh, I like about this song, it just brings me into the idea that uh, maybe we need to figure out how to put more of it into the society. How do we show more heaven in our relationships, whether it be platonic or whether it be romantic, you know, because why, you know, like people that have great marriages, oh, they make you want to get married. <laughs> All these other people mm -hmm. don't. Uh, people that have great friendships that that should probably make you want to get figure out well where are my friends at? You know what I'm saying? Even though a lot of people get jealous and that turns yes. into something ugly, but really those things should like give you hope and should help you strive to. Right. Man, well, I need to find some friend like that because. So it all lies know. in into what that person is going through at that moment. Because, for instance, I know some people who. have you know, gotta have a bad relationship. And even though they say something good, they're like, oh, that's not for me. I'm not gonna get that. But they might come to a place where they heal within themselves. And then they, they say, you know what? Let me circle back. That dude looks good. That looks right. It all depends on like that person's um, path and journey at that moment. But it's all true though. Right. That's good stuff. You wanna add anything to it? Um, as opposed to the song and just in general. Uh, however, whichever way you want to go, in general. Man, just to wrap up the song again, I think we just brought that back to what we need now, just to bring heaven back to earth and friendships and our relationships um, in general. Just bring that back to bring that back to one, because we're, we're missing that as a society now. And so we all just had that, that mindset of, I'm just love people the way they need to be loved, bring heaven back to earth. Just that feeling of it, that we, we can get it farther as a society. Because sometimes we can just be caught up and we know the truth and we want, we want to force our truth upon you and then we're doing the same back and forth. But if we can try to meet at a middle ground, then we can get somewhere. But right now we're just, we're screaming at brick walls. We're both brick walls just screaming at each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's important that we start trying to break down those barriers and, and listen to what people are saying instead of just trying to get our points across. True, and, and I don't know how many people have looked at what politics really is supposed to be. Oh, but politics is so it's, jaded. It, it's what we do with politics is crazy, yeah, and it's ugly, and it makes everyone look at politics like this is a bad idea. Why are we engaged in it? But politics was always meant to be taking people of different ideas and coming to okay. mutual mm -hmm. beneficial decisions. Man, money makes the world go around. Make mutual beneficial decisions mm -hmm. regardless of what your ideology are. Like, yes, we know you're different. Yes, we know you believe this different. Yes, y'all over there, y'all believe something else. Okay, but how do we how come do to we an agreement? How can we compromise 
basically. Right. Yeah. How do we? And, and some people would say not to use the word compromise, compromise yeah. but same, compromise same is probably good. But it's yeah. like, it hey, can we all agree that this is good for everyone? Okay, right. cool. Yeah. Then and and stay away from the things that will hurt people. You know. Mm -hmm. And look, God knows who thought they were gonna figure that one out but like what's best for everyone what's mm -hmm. best for the people because that's all it goes towards is what's best for the people right and the idea was being able to having different people cohabitate without there being problems of course with people mm -hmm. we gonna have problems yeah but if you set up the structure right then you can have fewer problems if it's still ran like that we would have less problems <laughs> mm -hmm. but of course we are more run on the idea of hey i'm right and everyone else is wrong and so you must you know, trust me and no one else. A lot of self-righteous people in leadership right now. Yeah. A lot. So we need to. Yeah. And, and if you look deep into it, you really see that there, there's, there's no shortage of bad people <laughs> in these positions of power, regardless of what they tell you, their affiliations or backgrounds are. People crazy. Um, mm -hmm. So we kind of just really need to go back to, you know, how do you get to treating people right? How you get to, you know, doing unto others that you have them do unto you? Mm -hmm. um, how do you look out for the interests of other people? What's best for them? And, and you know, just, you know, love. They say bring, bring in that heaven, bring in the sunshine and the rain and uh, the cool breeze <laughs> and, <laughs> and the cool, you know, drink you know, of water in the middle bliss, of the desert. You gardens. Know? You know what I'm saying? Just uh, figuring that out, man. And uh, so, unless y'all got anything left to say, I just kind of want to end the conversation on that. It's like, you know, when I listen to this song, it's, it, like Alex was saying, you know, how do we, how are we bringing heaven back and mm -hmm. bringing more of it, make it more abundant? Uh, and and in certain spaces, it's supposed to be. The com the commodity of those spaces, talking about churches, and how how are people who are involved in churches and uh, spiritual bodies? How are we bringing heaven back? Mm -hmm. How are, how are we making heaven the commodity? Love the commodity in those spaces. And hopefully we can get more into that, um, and hopefully people can learn to better do that. There's a lot of folks in the city in different areas and who are trying to figure those things out. And, and I do show, I do appreciate all that, all those efforts for sure. Um, so we're about to get out of here, but before we do, would y'all like to share um, anything that you guys are looking forward to in the near or far future that, that you guys are working on? Oh, yay. So I guess I finally get to announce on the um, Critical Mass yeah. that, um, a short film that I did last year with a creative director that um, I worked with for one of my events. Uh, we submitted it to a festival and got accepted. And it's going to be showing in April in San Diego. There it is. That's dope. So yeah. I'm going to be in San Diego in April. Hey, that's live. And it's our first film. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Beyond blessed, grateful, humbled. So. Might there be a place where someone could see this film before it gets shown in April, or would they have to wait? Um, we're thinking about like a small get together to show the film. We're thinking. 
Because okay. it's still, you know, when we found out and the time from when we found out in April is pretty close. Yeah. So to get something together like that, mm. Mm. and both our schedules are pretty much kind of heavy right now. Yeah. Still, it's in the works. Let's just say that. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Good stuff again. Congratulations. I know, Thank right? Can't wait Congratulations to see on that. That was going to be fire. Thank you. I'm a producer, actress, and it's, it's awesome because oh, I was man. the one acting in it. <laughs> say that. Um, you can find me in the same space as Alex Wolf at Facebook. Uh, Scrub talk about dub Mondays and Fridays. Snapchat, still Wolf Daddy 2 Snacks. Same stuff. Woo-woo. Still, uh, scrub and not a scrub. That's it. You can buy some scrubs. You can buy some scrubs. <laughs> you can buy some scrubs, though. Yeah. I still sell scrubs. Um, that's it. No, no, let me get my address real quick. 4220, 3220, Kirby Drive, Pearland, Texas. It's been a minute. Pearland, Texas, 10 to 6, Tuesday through Saturday. I still sell scrubs. There it is. Get the scrubs. Yes. Get the scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course, uh, myself, uh, E. Haley, um, definitely trying to move more into the artistic spaces of uh, just sharing creative things that I'm coming up with. Um, not just the good English uh, in the clothes, but also expanding what that means. Um, to bring more good and more heaven into the spaces, you know, Yay. Um, and and just focusing on just just being free with my uh, my creative stuff and just letting it flow, and that's the thing I'm definitely working on. And uh, I don't know, y'all pray about me trying to figure out how to get an art situation going. Art situation, art yeah. is very wide. Like what? yes, but just like ha- actually have a physical showing. Oh, you want to showcase? Of yeah, some of my stuff. That's I know some places. Just, I wanna... just give me later. Yeah, so. cool, 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 and, um, and yeah, and continuing with the podcast and uh, all that good stuff. You know, uh, add good English underscore co. You know, and uh, just trying to keep it pushing. We appreciate everyone that watches the podcast. Thank you guys for coming. I'm glad to see you in person. You know, it's been a while since we've been in person. So definitely glad to see y'all. And uh, we look forward to uh, more and better episodes as we move forward. Indeed. We're only going to go up from here. That's all. Because <laughs> love is such a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. The purpose of Critical Mass is not to influence what you listen to, but how you listen. To be wise in your listening and pay attention to the moves and messages you allow to enter your mental space. Thank you for listening. <laughs>